Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends, to Navigate with I.D. Enang. It's such an honor and privilege to be here today. I'm grateful to God for the gift of life. And more importantly, I'm also grateful to God for your life too. Friends, it's been an interesting month. What a month so far. For me, I want to use this opportunity to thank all my very healthy colleagues and uh, great uh, members of the National Institute of Marketing of Nigeria for a very successful annual marketing conference and annual general meeting, which all happened last week at uh, the Eco Hotels. It was great, it was awesome, and you couldn't even ask for anything better. So, friends, thank you. Colleagues, thank you. And for those who are not members of the National Institute of Marketing and you want to join, all you need to do is just go to the website and you'll find details of how you can become a part of this noble body. I needed to do that because that is a primary constituency for me. And more importantly, as we have been looking at the subject of how to break the rules. This is about the rule breakers. This is about the business school. It's about winning at work by doing different things. And more importantly, I have had to go through this process utilizing the very essence and great uh, literature put together by Roger Maviti on the rule breakers. I believe so much in this philosophy of doing things differently. And that spoke to the heart of our last marketing conference where we talked about business sustainability. Listen, without data, without innovation, without technology, sustainability in today's world, especially with business people, will not in any way matter. And so last week, we had a very good touch on the acronym VCP and P. You wonder what that is. It means volume, cost, price, and profit. Today, I'd like to shift gears within the same space, having talked about the essence of having those very important levers to make your business what it should be. And given the fact that this is a business school, it's important that we put in reality. It's important that we are very critical in how we approach the idea of talking business and sustainability. Yesterday, as I went through and ruminated about the program for today, it dawned on me that one major P, by simple substitution, the P at the end of VCP and P would not only be profit, could also be people. So I've dedicated this week to a point where we're going to look at dealing with people. So whether you talk about volume, whether you talk about cost, whether you talk about pricing, whether you talk about the ultimate gain, which is profit, the major enabler there will be people. And so I'll start by saying it's no use dealing with the money. It's no use dealing with the levers if you can't deal with the people. A lot of people do not understand or business owners or business um, directors or whatever you may call it, aficionados, do not understand that dealing with people is far the greatest element in, in delivering sustainability. Much of office life seems to be about dealing with money, about sales figures, about profit, about cash, about volume, about budgets, about costs. But at the very heart of every business are people. The big P, I call it. It's the big P. You can't get sales without customers buying, and customers are people. You can't get the product to sell without people make, to make it. You cannot even have a business in the first place without shareholders to invest in it. And they are people too. So if you look at this week, we are going to look at the big P. The big P for me is about people. People, people, people. If we want to reconstruct and reinvigorate our country, Nigeria, 
It will take us, the people of Nigeria, to make it happen. No foreigner, no international expert can make it happen. No international organization can make it happen. But the people in the Federal Republic of Nigeria, this tells you how important people are. If we want to affect the change we are looking for, moving away from money politics into servanthood, the people to make it happen are the people under the ages of voters of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. The voters are the elections. That's why you cannot afford to join the social media campaign trail and without having a valid PVC. If you don't have it, you cannot be considered a voter. You may be a citizen, but you can complain till the cows come home to roost. You've not exercised your warrant, which is your ability to vote. So you can see, friends, that outside of our normal business balance, everything we do in life is all about the big P. How you manage the people around you is at the very heart of how you do your job. Different people need to be managed in different ways. And one of the things my experience tells me is that those who are good at dealing with the boss that he is managing upwards are often not all good at dealing with people under them in the hierarchical setting that is managing downwards. The reverse is true too. People who manage down well often handle their boss much less well. But you succeed at one and fail at the other at your own peril. So this is very, very important and very key to the things that we have done and the things that we do. You know, there are stories that we hear about managing upwards and managing downwards. Very many people know how to manage upwards. Sometimes in our parlance in business, we say they know how to suck up so well that the bosses see them as up and doing and the best things that happen since sliced bread. But they are very poor managers downwards. They are evil. That the people under them call subordinates will see them and but for the likes and the ills of what business is, they would not even want to have anything to do with them. That's not right, friends. We must treat people with respect. We must ensure that we understand the place of being humane. Many of us are not humane. We treat people like they are skunk. No, you can't. That man, that woman, that boy, that girl, that lady, that gentleman, is human. You can't afford to just treat him or her shabbily. This is the essence of what we do. And it's about the big P. And when you look at it itself, you turn around and say, what exactly do I need to do? What do I need to do differently? But I'll tell you that there is some plain truth. And then a perfect example of the plain truth is that you have to be able to deal with the people below you and the people above you. The irony is that the skills you need to manage up are pretty much the same as the skill you need to manage down. The difference lies in the motivation, how you motivate your people, very important and very key. People who are not that confident manage up badly because they are fearful. And nervous people don't inspire confidence. Have you seen some bosses or managers who are very fearful? They don't inspire confidence. But by the same token, they are often sensitive to the people under them. People who are confident and ambitious often manage up well because they work at it and because confidence breeds confidence. Let me tell you something which is very critical and maybe personal. And at this juncture, you permit me to really share a bit of my own personal experience. You know, growing up and uh, in this country sometimes can put you in a place where you feel a bit disadvantaged. And if you feel disadvantaged because you've been able to allow it get into you, like I always say, I'm proud to be Nigerian first and foremost. But it pleased God to make me come through parents who are of the 
what do I call it? Southeastern origin. I come from Akwaibom State. I'm from the town called Ikotekwene. Now, I come from a, a very humble family. And my father, who is alive um, and trunking well, is about 87 years of age. And his wife, um, who is my mother, will be turning 80 on Sunday. Um, both of them, I've known them all my life. But I want to tell you something. These people, especially my maternal and paternal grandparents too, who I lived with for the most part, showed me and taught me how to exude love. Now, unfortunately, getting into the system, that is when you leave home and you start attending school, the first thing you start hearing way back or you notice that people tend to look at certain people from different, from a certain part of the country in a different and very obscure way. So from my part of the world, as you know, they call us different names. Most of all, people address you as Ete. And Ete then was not as, they didn't have understanding of what Ete meant. But the average person in Nigeria, when he sees someone from Cross River or Akwaibom or Southeastern State, as we are called, or Cross River State, whichever, at that time, they will call them, they will address us as Ete, but they meant it in a very derogatory form. Why? Because for the most part, people from my part of the climb are seen to be either servants, whether houseboy, housegirl, cook, steward, and we had looked down and looked down as this one's, mm, it would have to be, actually be X, Y, Z. And I say it most often that even when you look at our movies, you would always find roles being given to Akman, to Ekaite. There are always roles that are very central to domestic duties. I have never had a problem with it. But you see, some people really find it very difficult to come out of it. And so when my father said to me that I was going to be, that I, when I graduate, I should join the civil service, and I'd looked at my parents who were civil servants, I said no, that I wanted to go into this world to fight for a place and to be notable among the committee of people. That I, I think I deserved, and my people deserve to be at the forefront of driving change and doing things differently. So we will forever be seen as leaders equally. Now, I'm not putting this up. This is not uh, an issue of ethnicity or whatever, but I want you to see the import of why some people may not necessarily come up to be confident. The environment in which they find themselves will call them names. So I'm not using any other tribe. I'm not using any other ethnic group. I'm using mine. So you cannot accuse me of expressing myself and growing up in this country as a minority coming from a minority tribe. And so you find wherever you go, ete, ete, ete. But I decided to make my own case different. I decided that wherever I am, I'll compete to be one of the best, and if not the best. That in itself was an inner motivation. And so when I left secondary school, by the way, when I attended Baptist Academy, you know, boys would always tease you, ete. But ete then, most of you don't understand that ete means father. It's a symbol of respect. So I wonder why my kinsmen get very fearful and downhearted when people call them a day. They, they think in the parlance of what they are thinking as derogatory. Why? Because a day, typically, you know, men from my part of the world then were vertically challenged. They were not very tall. And trust me, it was because of the firewood they had to carry for most of the time. I always tell people we carried a lot of firewood for people, and that's why we didn't grow tall. But there's a new generation. Those of us that are six-footers, you'll be shocked to see the average Aquaibom guy or cross-river guy will not be at that four-feet, five-feet type dimension. They are six-footers. So the demographic and the dimension has changed. But then the mindset does not change, that people are not inspired to be confident. They are not inspired to grow. But there's a new generation. There's a new breed without that sense of you know, mind traps, but a lot of the people are not confident enough. 
And it's because of the essence of the environment. I personally decided that there will be no way anybody can look down on me as whatever. But rather, I would always say that once upon a time, we were noted as servants. Even if Nollywood today will give out a role and call Akman. You know, I was granted an interview by Spice Magazine or the insert of uh, Punch newspapers. And they asked me, what is the biggest challenge growing up? That is a big challenge because when you come around you in a society that does not believe that can anything good come out of Akwaibom or Ikotepwene or from that part of the world, then you're already in a place where you're looking down on yourself. I said, no, I will rise beyond this and I'll rise to be a standard bearer. That's why today, by the grace of God, God has been my support and I am a standard bearer. I am a trustee of posterity and no one, any place I find myself, I must be in the leading light by the grace of God. Friends, I'm telling you because we do this every day. That's why our country is going down by the, by the second because we demean people. We look down on people. We have stereotypes. We have all manner of things and we begin to denigrate people. You believe that a man called Akman cannot be a CEO. So you don't have that name, even him, in your roles. Rather, you put it as a servant. I keep challenging the Nollywood guys. If you know you are about your change managers, then don't do things that will make you... What makes you think that some other person with a prefix is better off? They are the ones that can always become uh, CEOs. They will show themselves as being very wealthy, and these ones are nothing. But you don't understand. All of these things communicate. So we go before someone, and they look at your name. Many times, people vehemently, and I oppose it violently too, by telling them, I am not Idowu, that you hear ID, I'm not Idowu, why must you carry Idowu on me? My name is Idorian, and Idorian means hope. I bring hope. And they say, oh, I'm sorry. I said, don't, don't be, you ask, what does ID mean? It's an acronym, I'll tell you. It just tells you how we have been mind-trapped, mind, you know, ported into a certain space. And it affects how we deal with people at our offices. It affects how we deal with people in our homes. It affects how we do with our partners because you don't see that the Calabar man can be a good partner, but you see him better off that he'll be a service partner. Why? I'm here to announce to you that once upon a time, we were servants, but today we are servant leaders. I thank God in all that God has put me in a place where I can say this to the ears and the hearing of everyone. I have coveted no man's gold. I've coveted no man's silver. I am what I am by the grace of God. And I treat people with respect. It is not by accident that I could join Samsung and be the first local CEO they ever had in the world. It is not by accident that once upon a time when I was at L'Oreal, the number one beauty company in, in, the, in the world, I was the most senior black man. And like I always say to my friends then, the French guys at the very top, when they ask me, where are you from? I tell them I'm from Ikotekwene. They say, where is that? They open Google Map, I'll show them. They say, that tiny dot. I said, yes, that small town in Akwaibo produced this man that you guys see within the class of being whatever as an executive, a corporate executive, because they wonder. They don't know. They always ask. The white guys ask. And I'll tell them, but friends, what am I saying? Does that then affect how I'm going to look at other people? The answer is no. I've trusted God to help me. And that's why even running today as the president and chairman of the governing council of the National Institute of Marketing of Nigeria. I'm looking for men. I'm not looking for tribalists. I'm looking for women. I'm not looking for ethnic, ethnic um, jingoists. I made it a call and I've ex expressed myself there and then that we want more women to come in. I want to see the women actively participating and thank God we have one within the principal officers now via election. And we'll have many more. So what am I saying? It's about treating everyone equally because we are equal before God. I come back to the essence of what I'm saying, friends, because this is about dealing with people. The way we deal with people show how we deal with them in business, show how we deal with them in the family construct, show how we deal with them at our offices and in every facet. People who are not that confident to manage upward badly because they are fearful. They do that because they are fearful. And they're nervous people. They don't inspire confidence. That's why I'm saying to my brothers from any minority tribe, don't ever be fearful. Be confident that there's something about you. If I could do it, you can. I would sit in any gathering and you cannot miss the fact that the grace of God 
is upon my life. Why should I be fearful of any man? Put me in any, any space at any place. I will exude God and exude his glory. There's no man that has a right to make me look less than I am. And I'm saying that to you because people are very sensitive. And as the sensitivity begins to weigh on you, you don't know when you begin to lose confidence in yourself. I also want you to know that people who are confident and ambitious often manage up well because they work at it and because confidence breeds confidence. That's where I sit. I'm a confident man by the grace of God. I, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And so any other person that comes around me, I must be able to radiate that same confidence and make you feel good. But you know something? One has to be able to understand that there are lessons in the course of doing what you're doing. You must be sensitive to the people under you. You must be sensitive to people generally because you can be so good at what you are doing but frequently bad at managing down. And I know this happens. I suspect it happens because they just don't care as much. I care so much about those under me as much as those that are ahead of me. God knows that there is no staff of mine in my little enclave that will feel that I've treated him or her wrongly. No, because I see them first and foremost as ambassadors of their families. And because they're ambassadors, whatever little God has placed in my hand as a steward to help them, and by extension, they also bring in their own values. Together, we'll climb that roof. We'll climb that building. Together, we'll climb to the top. When you are climbing a ladder, you look at the rungs above you, not the rungs below. That's what happens. You have to keep going up. Why? Because some other person is following you, following your footsteps. That's why we have very poor and bad leaders all around. And it's simply because many people today have sold their souls to filthy lucre. A man has sown his soul to money and he does not see why people should not salute him. Who are you? If people truly work for the money they earn and not get it through dubious means they will respect people better. That's why Nigerians will betide anyone that sits back and begins to celebrate people who do not have respect or can show you how they made their money. But you begin to respect them because of the money for crumbs that will drop from the table. That's when you, when you get to sort people and they infect you with the money or whatever values they carry, you don't respect those ones coming down. By the grace of God on Saturday, I was invited by the Christ Chosen Church Apostle Promise Okafor and my good friend um, who also is a deacon in that church invited me to come and speak to the men ahead of Father's Day. And let me use this opportunity to salute all genuine fathers in the house. Father's Day was on Sunday, but I know every day is Father's Day because men are meant to drive the essence of humanity. That's why God made man. And inside there, he was looking at mankind. Because inside man is a woman, is everything that would happen, mankind. And so men are given to do what they should do with responsibility. The first assignment of God to man was to tend and keep the garden. Anywhere around you and you are a man is your garden. You need to tend and keep it. That God brought a helpmeet does not mean the helpmeet should come and do the job more than you. No, your job as a man is to tend and keep that garden. Your home is your garden. Your family is your garden. Your office is your garden. Where you find yourself is your garden. And so as you're climbing the ladder, you have to look at the rungs above you, not the rungs below, because you would fall. People below are coming. They are looking at you. That's why a lot of bosses cannot stand up uprightly because they know that the life they live very crooked. That's why a lot of men in high places, cannot stand and tell you how they got to where they got to because they've lived crooked lives. That is wrong. This is another way of how to deal with people. Show people how you got to where you are on that ladder so they can also be inspired. Don't look down on them. Don't make them feel that they are not who they are. As I was saying, I went to this beautiful place on Saturday, just past. I was invited by Apostle Promise Okafo to come and speak to the men. I told them the story of the gentleman who was with me who three, four years ago, his name is Lekon. I had him as a driver. But today he's not a driver, he's a personal assistant. I don't need to go around with many people, just him. And he drove me there 
part of his duties is to drive. He drove me there. We got there. I said, yeah, come down. I gave him all my parchment and everything. We got in. And I looked around. He wasn't sitting behind me. So I called the attention of the church warden or steward. And I said, where's my uh, PA? He said, the man is at the back. I said, no, he should be sitting behind me. If I need anything, I'll get it from him. That is the second or third time that Lekon has been so shocked. And I showed them. I said, that guy sitting there, I hired him three, four years ago as a driver. But you can see where he's sitting. Sitting as my personal assistant. That's what happens when you invest in people's lives. They are transformed. I don't tell him, sit inside the car. The other day, we went for a ceremony. I was put on the high table. And I called him. I said, come and sit here. Come and eat here. He was shaking. I said, don't shake. This is what it means to eat at the king's table. There's nothing more than this. So when you grow and you go up the ladder, you know how to treat others. Friends, this is just the beginning. We have to learn how to deal with people. Let's take a break here and we'll be back in the second half. Let's pay some bills. See you soon. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, uh, dear friends and distinguished listeners. Just in case you're you just tuned in accidentally into this beautiful station. I bid you welcome. It's um, a business school on radio where we look at everything that has to do with life and has to do with our businesses and has to do with sustainability. This time around, we are looking at the big P, which is around people, dealing with people, how to deal with people and managing people. I started by saying it's no use dealing with the money if you can't deal with the people. Just before we went on the break, I had a, an opportunity to share what it means to actually, you know, denigrate or look at people very differently. And I said this, that people who are confident and ambitious often manage up well because they work at it and because confidence breeds confidence. But they are frequently bad at managing down. That's where you need to watch it. I suspect so because they just don't care as much. And I gave examples personal examples, by the way, which I would not, you know, go back to. But then, when you are climbing a ladder, you look at the rungs above you, not the rungs below, but bosses aren't stupid. And if they see someone who manages the generals well, but shows little care for the troops, it will go against them. That's why many of you wonder why you're not promoted. Why, despite all that you do, you know, licking the boots and doing all manner of things of the seniors, why they don't end up promoting you is because they see how you treat or care for the troops. If you don't know how to care for the troops, it will always go against you. And that's why you must watch out, especially how you handle it. It doesn't make sense. Look at how people treat their domestic servants. Before we went on the break, I was talking about a principal character within my domestic staff. And that person is one of our assistants by name Lekong, who we hired as a driver. But today, acts more like a personal assistant. But the reality is, many of you that are listening to me don't treat your drivers well. You don't treat your home assistants well. You don't treat your cooks well. But these guys are the same guys you'd send to go buy you rice, beans from Yarisi. Oh boy, oh girl, poison cheapo. Rat poison, no be anything. Dead me land, you go buy one. Any corner, you go buy one. They go just put and there, you go buy. But you treat them like skunk why because you don't respect people what stops you from eating the same food or your domestic servants eating the same food that you eat what stops you even with your staff i remember when i was at uh, cadbury as commercial director anytime i was paid a bonus i always had a room in fact one particular year i bought a full standard executive table tennis board i put it at the center of our of our office and it became Something for us. Any time you are tired, you are stressed, go there, look for someone. You guys go play some ping pong right in the middle of the office. And we turned it into some ladder game. And every Friday, you know, TGIF will get here from LTV and we'll sit down and have a great time. Four o'clock, we shut down the office. We shut down our segment. And then we go have fun. Why? People are integral to sustainability. Very but many of you don't treat people right. You look at them through an ethnic lens. Look at them through the tribal lens. I gave you my own story. Let's stop it. Let's stop it because God created mankind. He didn't create one tribe or the other. Yes, you may come to a tribe. That does not mean the other tribe is less than you are. Stop treating people wrongly. 
And here we are, we want to elect leaders. We are looking at whether is this, is that, is not. Why? Are you the one that has put the virtue and the vessels in the right space? It is of God. And when a man has it, give it to him. If a man knows it, give it to him. Don't care where he comes from. I've never bothered to look at where anybody comes from, either as friend or as colleague. I have never, and I mean it, for those who work with me and stay with me, it doesn't appear to me at all. What I see is a talent. What I see is a vessel of honor. And if you are not a vessel of honor, I will see you and tell you you are of wood. I will tell you directly. You may not like it, but I will tell you the thing that person with person likes. Now you go tell and say mouth they smell. Is a man that loves you will tell you that your mouth is oozing. But if he doesn't love you, he will not tell you. So you need to define which type you are and discipline yourself to attack the half of the job you don't do well. If you are good at going up and you are bad at going down, attack the half of the job you don't do well from this day. Because dealing with people is very integral. If you deal well with upstairs, you must force yourself to show concern for the lot downstairs because there are more. The pyramid is bigger at the base. Not because you are nice, but you have the fear of God. But because you understand that God created us as one. Human. Not because of your ambition. But because you are ambitious, you will know how to go upstairs, create all the scenario upstairs because of your ambition, and you trample on those downstairs one day. One day. And I say, one day. You will have to come down from that your high horse. And the people you left down there will be the ones to welcome you. And woe betide you if they welcome you with their own form of disdain. But if you are going up the ladder and you are taking up some of them with you, when you are coming down, they are the ones that will go down and they will provide a cushion for your landing. It's a lesson in life that many don't know. But I can tell you that I live every day as if no day is mine because it belongs to God. I'm just a steward. That's all. The best I can do is to be kind. Yes, at that moment, sir, we all get upset about something. Yes, you can, but apologize. doesn't take anything from you to apologize to a junior person that I'm sorry. I did this to you. I'm sorry. I did that to you. I'm sorry. I did that. The same way you quickly apologize to the man upstairs or to your, to your boss. Try to learn to apologize to the guy or the lady downstairs. You won't get to where you want if you can't show sensitivity to those you lead. If you deal well with downstairs, you have to drive yourself to show confidence and maturity with the people you report to. Again, it's not a choice. It is something you have to do if you are going to make it in life. I say that with every sense of humility and grace. It is not a choice. I look at people that want to lead and they themselves are, do not have any iota. They're so entitled. Forget all this, I don't care about all of that. That's not what I'm saying. You in your family, while sitting in there, don't think it's a choice because you are number one. You are the first child. Yes, they call you Egmont, they call you senior. So what? You need to stoop to conquer. It's not a choice. It is something you have to do. You get into your community. They've appointed you as a chairman of the estate or whatever it is in your old boys association. The little communities you find yourself, your professional association, whether it's alumni, whether it's alumnus, whatever it is, it is not a choice. Deal with the guys downstairs. Drive yourself with confidence and maturity and let people respect you. It is not a choice. It is something you have to do if you are going to make it. You may think I'm asking for the leopard, you in this case, and myself, both are leopards, to change its spots. Well, perhaps I am. And I know how difficult that can be. Trust me. I know how difficult it can be. In my day job today, I'm a business and leadership coach. One of the things I, I do is to help seniors, executives. I currently have a... a a band of clientele, very C-suite executives, that directors and CEOs that I have the privilege to coach. I also have senior managers, middle managers, etc. And I'm privileged to also be a practitioner of Insights Discovery and Liberating Leadership UK. But I'm saying to you, friends, 
it is not those disciplines that make it. What makes it is the grace and the experience and the call of God upon my life that I can look at it and say, listen, this is how it is. Let me give you another practical example. Once upon a time, I was privileged to be commercial director at Cadbury, Nigeria. And I had a fantastic set of colleagues in sales, marketing, and some of them in operations. But this was the beauty of it. I spent three years leading this beautiful and most you know, um, energetic team. And when I left, it was as if, you know, I just, I just walked away from a family. But this was not a walk away. It was actually walking into a different space of friendship and family dimensions. I'll tell you what I'm saying. When I left Cadbury, I moved over to Samsung as managing director. Do you know that as MD of Samsung for the period I was there, whilst I was there for the three years, anytime I had to travel to any part of the country, including Ghana, my former colleagues in Cadbury will be at the airport. You would think that it's a presidential welcome. All the, from the DSM to the area manager and some of the reps will come to welcome me at the airport. How they always get to know, I didn't know. But I suddenly realized that my PA then will go ahead and say, oh, where would Auguste? And then we'll call one of my guys then in Cadbury and say, oh, um, is coming to your area. Which hotel will be right for me to book for him? And that's how the, the news would always go out. So if I go to a Kaduna, I go to Enugu, I'll just see a retinue of my former colleagues at Cadbury then. These guys will be there. And then they'll be there to receive me, take me around. The one that will baffle me the most is they would leave a car and a driver for me. All the years I was at Samsung, I never, not one time, utilized my official status for my logistics. It was those guys. That is looking back at the, at the past and being looking at my future staring at me. I say this with every sense of humility. But those guys were always there, and they're still there. They are. Yesterday, or a few days ago, we had the AGM of the National Institute of Marketing of Nigeria, where I have the privilege of presiding and chairing the governing council. I sat there, and I saw some of my generals, my colleagues in Cadbury, coming in, and they were in there in that audience. And, you know, you don't know how much it felt seeing your own, sitting in as commercial directors, sales directors, marketing directors, the ones that really were part of your team. And why would they come? They're coming because they want to support me to succeed. Listen, friends, I tell you, wherever you are, it's not about where you are that matters, where you're going. Many of you miss it when you treat people shabbily. That's why I'm saying, if you want to succeed, you have to do both jobs. You have to be able to look up and to look down. It is less a question of acquiring new skills and more a question of forcing yourself to apply skills you already have to an audience you have undervalued. Many of you have undervalued the people working under you. Some of you undervalue the people that are leading you. Some of you don't even value anybody at all. You think you are all almighty. Someday when you crash, you'll crash big time. And when you crash, you're every part of you will not be measurable because they will not be, they will not be put together. That will be Humpty Dumpty having a great fall. This can come as a message to you that you make hay while the sun is still shining. If you don't, you'll be the one to regret for at the peak of whatever you feel is yours. That's when it will strike. And when it strikes, you will be shocked. I'm going to repeat it again for emphasis. You may think I'm asking for the leopard that is you in this case to change its spots. Well, perhaps I am. And I know how difficult that can be. But if you want to succeed in life, you have to do both jobs. You have to be able to look up, that is, the people up, treat them well, and to look down, the people down, treat them well. It is less a question of acquiring new skills. I'm more a question of forcing yourself to apply skills you already have to our audience you have undervalued. Many of you look down on your bosses 
you claim that your bosses are the evil ones. But you never see yourself as the evil one. I always tell people, if somebody ever comes to me and says, oh, I did, you have changed. I said, do you know if you are the reason why I have changed? Because I'm looking at you. There's something you've done that has made me decide that from this time forth, I will not be on this pedestal with this person. So why don't you search yourself first before you walk up to anybody and say, this person has changed. Check yourself. Do a critical assessment. What have I really done to this man, to this woman, to make him or her stand strong in and out of season? It is almost like losing weight or giving up smoking. Many years ago, as a young lad, then while we were in school and university, I was always on St. Maurice with my friend or two then. He was on Rotman's and all the guys. When we go to the school's buttery, we order for one bottle of beer with my mother. It used to be in the morning, after lectures, mid-morning. And then you have a stick of cigarettes before you go back to class. The day I gave up smoking, my friend was shocked. I came to see him. He was serving at uh, the Maritime Authority in VI. I came home on holidays. He was a year ahead of me, so he, he went to service before me. And when I came in and we just strolled from his office, the boogies are around. They had the St. Maurice and Rotman's, Benson and Edges, B&H and everything around. You pick up a stick and we'll stroll. And when he picked up my pack and passed it to me, I looked at him. I didn't touch it. He said, what happened? I said, oh boy, I don't stop. He said, since when? I said, since the last time we met. My friend dropped his pack and said, tell me about it. This was my best friend. It was my best man. And he dropped his own stick, his Rotman's, put it back in the pack and said, what happened? And we took a stroll back to his office. And I just told him after the last encounter that I just decided, listen, I just don't want to do this again. And from that day till this day, I have never had to pick up a stick of cigarette. Why? Because I decided that I wasn't going to again. You don't need to learn a talent. You just have to have real determination to do what you know you need to do. Don't let anybody deceive you. You may start looking at it and saying, ha, huh, how difficult it is. No, it is not. It's called determination. It's the same way I say to young men, when they tell you, ah, boss, now wow, to marry these days, I said, keep quiet. It's determination. One of the things I will tell you that you are responsible is that when you take on some other person, cater for them, care for them, the way you handle your spouse, your children will see what you're doing is modeling what is right. When I had the opportunity to speak to men like myself, I had to tell them the truth. That we must, as men, love our wives, love our women. Why? Because the children that we are putting together as a couple will see the way you treat your spouse. You are not doing anything but modeling what they will also see and become. Because it starts from believing. When you believe something, you behave it. And when you behave it, you become it. That's what it is. Those three Bs are very key. When a child grows up believing that he can strike and beat up, sees his father, beat up his mother senselessly to stupor, he believes it's the right thing to do. He will then behave it. When he gets to his own turn, he will tell you culturally, that's what I'm standing for. Because he has seen for a greater part of his life and years, seen his father batter his mother. Well, lesser cases, you know. There are cases also when the woman batters, the wife batters the husband, but fewer cases. But it happens. And so the daughter grows up, or the men that grow up in such families, when they, they grow up in fear and trepidation and intimidation. And so when they also now have bosses, women, that are like that, they go into their shells. That man never recovers unless God steps in. Ditto, a woman who has gone through seeing how battery has happened between the parents. What do you think happens to our society? It's poor modeling, and it starts from the family. So don't tell me it is impossible for you to give up something. No, it's real determination. You can start today to treat people with care. You can start today to care about everyone that God has given to you, especially you men, especially men like me. We are the ones given the responsibility 
to shape the destinies. Because when God created man, he created mankind. That's very clear. If you doubt to go to Genesis chapter 5, you'll see it there. It's written in the good book. And if you don't see it, then it means you've not read well. Whatever translation you read, you'll see it. Because there's seed time and there's harvest time. In between, I want you to understand that our responsibility as men, we must first, first and foremost, be good farmers. A farmer must plant a seed. A farmer must determine the place of the land. That's why when you find a woman, he that finds a woman, finds, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtains favor because he's a farmer. The mentality of a farmer, get the ground, get the seed, sow, nurture, and then ensure, then it gives you the harvest. You will nurture that harvest because out of those seeds will come the fruits. Those are the fruits that you bear that become imputes, the manufacturing plant. And so when we then sit down as a nation and say we are the people of Nigeria, we're starting from the place where, from the family. It's from this beautiful family that we start seeing how we take care of the rest of the world. If you wake up and get up and you don't see your parents treat the driver, the cook, the nanny well, you will end up not treating yours well. But I thank God for my parents because they never looked down on anybody. I thank God for my father. I thank God for my mother. One of the things I said to her, she taught me unconditional and sacrificial love. That's why it's not difficult for me. And thank God for the gift of grace. Friends, what I'm telling you, it's a life lesson. We can cure the disease plaguing our nation if every one of us just does one thing. We decide to love each other, no matter what happens. When you extend love to a man or a woman you don't know, you are sowing seeds that will make that man, even in his sleep, or that woman, even in her sleep, come up. Except the person is reprobate. And most of us still have our consciences intact. The only thing is we've not had to prod it. You can prod someone's conscience by just doing what is right. At this point, you may be thinking that someone at the start of this, his career doesn't have anyone to manage. That's true at the training stage. But if you are bright, you'll soon have someone to guide, however junior they may be. So if you are there, Mr. Director, Mr. MD, you may start from there. See that junior, and that person will grow as you grow. You may also be thinking that the chief executive doesn't need to worry about this stuff. He doesn't have a boss. Wrong. In fact, your chief executive has several bosses. Number one, the shareholders who own the business. It's not his business. And even if it's his business, like mine, he's subject to something and somebody. Chief executives who forget this inconvenient truth tend not to last as long as those who do. You must understand that you have to serve somebody. I can't remember if this was Bob Dylan or Bob Dylan that sang the song, You Gotta Serve Somebody, which is about the notion that however powerful you are, you are still always accountable to somebody. That's the message. Friends, in the course of this episode, a moment ago, I said that the skills of managing up and the skills of managing down are actually very similar. But what, what are those skills? What I'll tell you is that there are three big skills you need to deal with. Those above you and those below you. They are, number one, clarity of objective. Number two, clarity of communication. And number three, straight dealing. Be authentic and straight. Be real. Be clear. Explicitness is a fantastic skill everybody must have. Be explicit. Clarity of objective. Don't hide under the shadow. You are faking right and going left. Clarity of communication. You have to be clear in your communication. You have to be clear in your objective. And the way you deal with people will be straight. Many of us are very crooked in the way we deal with people. We communicate wrongly, verbal and non-verbal. And we never come forward. We know the show hand well. That's clarity of objective. 
look at just just imagine what is going through our polity. How is it possible that your deputy, you are running a race, you've not thought of who can fit the bill? I can tell you sitting here, I've been president over and over different communities. There is never a time I do not think about who my vice or deputy would be. And if they are already in seat, I have to ask myself, that can that person align with the things that I'm looking for? If the answer is no, I will not go forward. I will not put my forward myself. Ditto, even if I'm going to be a deputy, does this person that is leading the charge have what it takes for me to sit under him? If he doesn't have it, I will not go. So why are we talking about people sitting back and conjuring what is not? They need to touch north, south, east, and west. It means you're an accidental leader. You never sat back to say that's the place and that's the reason. Politics is all mumbo-jumbo. But I tell you, there's nothing as great as integrity of the heart. It's called the intent and the impact. If your intent is right, you will think through. Many of us don't think through. We use excuses and we cloud it with all manner of ethnocentric, radical, religious, tribal sentiments in this country. That's why we don't deal straight. That's why we don't are not clear in our communication. That's why our objectives are never clear. It's wuru-wuru to the answer. It will stop today when you start dealing with people properly. Friends, it's a week about dealing with people. I'll be back here on Thursday by the grace of God, same time, same station, as we look at the topic, dealing with people. And as you know, this is a big P. If you have any questions, please send a mail to my address. It's contact at navigatewithid.com. And should you want to follow me on social media, the various platforms, my handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Can't stop loving you guys. We know that the best days are ahead for every one of us. Let's do what is right and what is wrong will leave us alone. God bless you. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.